As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Spector Weissman. Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Spector Weissman, the Dream Coach. This is a show where we talk about dreams both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love and rediscover the truth of who you really are. How would you like to travel to faraway lands without leaving your house? What would it be like to eat an entire cheesecake without gaining a single ounce or walk through walls with ease? Impossible, you say? Well, in your waking life, perhaps. But all this and more is possible in the nighttime fantasies that can play out in your dreaming mind. We're going to explore all this and how you can program your sleeping mind through lucid dreaming with my guest, Ian Jaden. Ian is an artist, author, and public speaker, and his experiences in lucid dreaming have fueled his exploration of the nature of mind, consciousness, and reality. Welcome to Dream Power Radio, Ian. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Ian, uh, I understand that you discovered lucid dreaming when you were 19. Uh, did you know it was happening at the time and how did you react to it? So, yes and no. I discovered it at 19 and then it wasn't until later that I realized that I had been doing this since I was quite young, that I started doing this somewhere around elementary school. I must have been maybe around eight, perhaps, or nine years old. And that's, so there was a whole chunk of, of these experiences that just completely vanished out of my memory, it seems like. And this is common for lucid dreamers. Like when they start lucid dreaming sometime later on in their life, and after they get back into the practice, they realize, oh, that's right. I used to do this as a child. How did I forget all of this? But to answer your question, yes, it really, I, I always say it was about 19. Because that's when I really, that's when they really started kicking in more powerfully. And I started to really wonder and take a real curiosity, uh, a real drive to find out what the heck was going on. Cause I had no, I didn't understand what I had experienced. And, you know, I'm 48 right now. So this was quite a while ago. This was before the internet 
was the thing. So I couldn't just jump onto YouTube like you can today or, or Google and just go, well, you know, what is this? You know, tell me about dream states or, you know, or whatever. And I, you know, so I had to kind of figure it out on my own a little bit. And I was left to go to, you know, the, the, the new age section of bookshops and try to figure out, you know, is there something that, that maybe can help me or whatnot? Cause I couldn't put my finger on what it was about the dream state that was different. But I, my, from my first experience, I woke up knowing whatever just happened to me was so incredibly intense. It was so impactful. I knew that something was different about the dream state, but I, again, I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And it wasn't until later that I, and, and these started kicking in almost every day for me, every evening I would, uh, at night, I would have these experiences and some of these would last for hours on end. So I st finally started realizing, okay, this is what's called a lucid dream. And a lucid dream is defined by the fact that you become fully conscious to the fact that you are in a dream state. And that's a very strange thing because it's something we never, we never really consider because we never stop and question the narrative that we are handed in our daily life or in our nightlife. And by that, I mean, by our narrative, I mean our dream story, the dream story that is playing out. We never stop and go, wait a minute, this is, this is impossible. None of this is right. So when you have lucid dreams, do you uh, tell yourself before you go to bed, you know, I want to go here in my dream or what do you do? Not at all. These, these all happen spontaneously, but that is a, that's a wonderful thing. The idea of setting your intention is so important. And I, I am a firm believer in what you're talking about, setting an intention ahead of time. So there are little tricks that I have picked up over the years, things that work the things that work for me. And it all goes back to my larger philosophy of why this is possible. And the fact that humans can do this, I think opens up such a can of worms. It opens up such an amazing box of possibilities, a Pandora's box, if you will. And it really comes down to, like I said, it comes down to becoming familiar with the practice of stopping throughout the day, even your daily life and saying, what is real for me right now? Where am I? How did I get to be here right now? This is what I'm talking about when I say, you know, question your narrative. And I say this a lot on my shows, question your narrative. And that means to get into the practice throughout the day. How did I get to be right here? How do I know right now that I'm not dreaming? And that requires you to kind of stop and you need to pull back from everything. You need to pull back and just go, okay, what is my story right now? And that story can be very simple. We have layers of stories that we live within and the, the, smaller, the smaller narrative that we usually live within might look something along the lines of, well, you know, I was, you know, I, I had breakfast this morning. I had the day off from work. And then, you know, I, I, I decided to watch Debbie's show. So I turned this on and later I'm going to make lunch. You just have this little story that's running in your head that keeps everything in a context and you never question that context. That's why you never question the context in your dream life. So we don't get into that practice. So the idea is to start questioning your narrative when the more that you do that, the idea is that this will eventually leak into your dream life and you'll, you'll eventually start stopping more and going, wait a minute, am I really on planet Mars? Am I really uh, a secret FBI agent that's working in the future? You know, the whatever crazy dream is going on for you. And then you can stop and pull back and go, oh, none of this is real. And once you do that, once you fully, 
fully disconnect from the narrative that's presented for you, the power that you have access to is, it's, it's incredible. It, I, I can't even describe it. It's like describing a, a sunset to a, a person who's been blind since birth in many ways, unfortunately. It is, it's, it's, you can't describe what, it, what it's like. It's blissful, it's incredible, it's enlightening. Walk into an area where you can have uh, full control of everything that's going on around you. It's, it's the closest that uh, I've found so far to becoming a, to becoming a God in, in this universe. <laughs> so that's why, that's why I do it. It is, it's amazing the power, you realize that you have powers that you don't realize that you have. You control your visions, which is an amazing thing to discover. And, and I'm just curious because there, there are some cultures that actually believe that we're at dreaming all the time. Absolutely. And so what's, <laughs> what's your take on that? Uh, so it's hard to, to push that idea aside. And of course, what's funny is that our physics are just slowly starting to catch up with some of these ideas, these ideas of what we call biocentrism in, in, in theoretical physics or specifically simulation theory. And it's the idea that they can't really put it together in pieces. They can't really explain exactly how this plays out for us exactly, but there's a lot of theories that are really very respected by our top scientists and physicists that they say really seems that we are living in some kind of a simulation, not necessarily like a computer simulation, like the matrix, but it may be some natural byproduct of our universe somehow that, and you may call that, you know, in as the natives or some of the Aborigines may call this as that we are essentially dreaming all the time. So it comes back to my core philosophy. Okay, so if that's the case, if the case is that we can't really decide what's real necessarily, you know, what, you know, when you step into these lucid dream states, you really start questioning, so what is real? Because you will find that you are interacting with people, entities, places, things, objects that you can smell, feel, taste, touch, talk with. That drove me nuts for years that I was able to talk with these dream characters who would come up and I'm like, what are they? Are they real? I, I don't, I can't tell anymore because I don't know what's coming out of their mouth next. And some of them even seem smarter than me, which really bothered me. Some of them actually seemed more intuitive somehow than myself. And I'm like, how is this possible? So it comes back to my philosophy by asking, okay, forget all of that. Let's just drop that notion of what's real, what's not real, what's dreaming, what's not dreaming and go, what is your narrative? What is the story that you're that you are dealing with right now? What is your relationship to the story that you are carrying on with your life right now? And it's all about, of course, being present. One other aspect of lucid dreaming is that it really stimulates your creativity. I mean, oh. you know, I'm looking at these beautiful- <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the paintings and the prints or paintings that are behind yep, those are original paintings yes I, I sell paintings as well I, I they're all based on my lucid dream states yes. and I just say they're all based on your dreams they are they, they are. are they're all inspired by my dreams and so when you step into a lucid state once you drop the full narrative and and I keep I can't stress that enough because it's so important that when you drop all of the stories but I'm going to give you a, a quick example once somebody came to me back a, you know a few weeks ago they said you know I had this really intense dream it was so real but I didn't feel like I had full control of it but there was no story I wasn't connected to any narrative that was going on I said well okay well explain to me what exactly was going on 
the guy says, well, I was in a, tra- I found myself in a, in a, like in a train station and people were just moving around and I was just kind of observing what was going on. And, you know, and then I kind of noticed there's this guy who, with this piece of luggage and he's trying to put his luggage onto this rack where they were, where the luggage would be hauled onto the train. And I'm realizing that his luggage is not quite, it's too big and it's not really going to fit into that spot. And I was just kind of realizing, oh, that's not really going to fit there. And I just kind of was kind of noticing this. And I said, that's it. Even though it's a small, tiny little narrative, it's a little drama that has pulled you into the rules of that dream state where you said, oh, you became caught up, right? You became temporarily caught up, caught up of going, oh, there's this little thing that's going on. I can't fight, quite figure out. And I'm trying to solve a little problem. That's how it traps you. That's how all of these narratives kind of get you to play by their rules a little bit so you're not fully awake. So the whole trick is to always be fully conscious. Once you're fully conscious, you can manifest as far as your imagination can, you know, can take you. Whatever you can imagine, you can just make happen at that point. Your consciousness is disconnected from the body. Your body's asleep. You are in sleep paralysis at that point. You're in the REM state and your consciousness is free. If it's not connected to a narrative, you can do anything. And I found later that you can then go literally anywhere. Ian, one of the things that I often have trouble with, I know a lot of people have trouble with, is remembering their dreams. So how do you remember all of these intense experiences? So it's not a, that's not an issue with lucid dreaming is what I would tell you. Uh, If you become lucid, I would almost guarantee that you're going to remember them. If, if in the rare cases, I have heard a couple of people claim that they have been having lucid dreams and they can't somehow quite remember them. And all I can tell you is that your mind is still slightly being put to sleep by some narrative in that state. That's the real trick. So it, it's not about remembering your dream as much as it is training yourself to deal with the narrative. And this is, this is what I truly recommend throughout the day. And you can do this perhaps if you really want to get into this practice, do this, set an alarm and do this maybe every once every couple hours. Have a bell go off, have your phone go off, something like that. And every couple of hours, this is what you do. You lift your hand up in front of your face and you stare at it. You hold your gaze to your hand and you ask that same question that I've been talking about. What is my story right now? How did I get to be right here? What brought me to this circumstance, this place right here where I'm at right now? How did I get here? Who am I? You know, what is my story? And you just hold your attention to your hand and that's going to have, first of all, it's going to start helping you to really start questioning all of the drama that's going on with you internally uh, in your internal dialogue throughout the day. So this has huge benefits for you psychologically. I can't, I can't even begin to talk about all the benefits this has for you psychologically to be able to disconnect from your internal narrative whenever you choose to, but hopefully this will eventually leak into your dream state so that even if you start suspecting like, you know what, something's weird here. Something's odd here. I don't think that something's going on in my, in my environment that doesn't quite make sense. Hopefully you're going to get into the, into the habit of lifting your hand up in front of your face. Like you've been practicing. Here's the trick. When you do that in your dream state, there is a universal quality for us humans. And there's a reason for this that we can go into, but there's a universal quality that whatever you hold your attention to for too long in a dream state, that object will shape shift in some manner. 
we're not domesticated to put it to to put it shortly to summarize the whole thing we're not domesticated to the dream world to these other worlds we're domesticated to this world we've spent years and years building narratives and stories that have focused us since we have come since we have been born into this world we have had all this these things implemented onto us so, so that we are focused for this for this state so when we step into a dream world we need to realign ourselves we need to refocus ourselves so you'll find that whatever you hold your attention to it will shapeshift. I say use your hand because there's another weird thing that your hands are always there in your dream state because your hands are our main, you know, these are our main tools that we use to manipulate. So this would, this would work for anyone who's using any, any other kind of instruments to manipulate their daily world. So your hands are always going to be there. And so eventually if you do this in a dream state, they'll shapeshift and let me tell you, once you've seen your own hand shapeshift right in front of you, that'll really knock you out of the haze. That will truly, it'll send a deep message like, okay, now I, I, there's undoubtedly something very strange going on here. You, and you, you figure it out immediately. You understand, oh, this is a dream state because you've been dreaming all your life. So it's not, like a, it's not like a frightening thing necessarily. It might be a bit of a shock at first, but you fully understand, oh, that's right. I'm, okay, I get it. I'm in a dream state, but now you're awake. Now you're aware. Now you're not attached to a narrative. So that's what I really suggest. I mean, some people keep dream journals. Some people will write journals every, as soon as they wake up. I don't personally do that, but that's, I know it's benefited a yeah, lot yeah, of people. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm a big advocate of dream journals. And, sure. We've uh, got so much information here that I have to think about it, but it's time for a break. So we have some time to think about it. All right. Uh, we're talking about lucid dreaming with Ian Jaded, and we'll be right back. What do Thomas Jefferson, Elias Howe, and Paul McCartney have in common? They all understood the value of dreams. And as a result, the ideas, inventions, and creations from their dreams affect us to this day. What great ideas are you leaving on your pillow at night? Sign up for a complimentary consultation at my website, thedreamcoach.net, and discover why your dreams are a terrible thing to waste. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, and we're speaking about lucid dreaming with Ian Jaded. Ian, I have to tell you, though, I've spoken with other lucid dreamers, and they say that a lot of the time it really takes a lot of effort hmm. to get into this state. Hmm. Uh, so you think maybe some people just aren't cut out for lucid dreaming? It's not for everybody? Yes and no. Uh, it all depends on how dedicated you are to your stories. And that's, I, I, that's, that's a tough thing to say. Like, what is it that makes someone dedicated to their daily story. I mean, again, and when I say your daily story, I, I do mean, you know, your personal identity as well as what it is, how you identify yourself, what, how you see yourself in the story of your life. Like if so many people see their lives as kind of like a movie playing out and they are the main character, they are the hero of that story and they are fighting the good fight, going through that job or the career and there's all this drama going on and they are, I'm not saying that any of that isn't real. I'm not saying that it's not actually happening, but it's all about your relationship to how you deal with that story internally. So it really, it seems to me that it has a lot to do with your connection to that. Are you willing to step back from that and just let it 
B, are you willing to just be present and let those things, those, all those realities, those other dramas and all the stories that are going on, just let them be for a while. Because if you can set them aside, and this really comes down to how controlling you are, what, if you are a very controlling person who needs to constantly be solving, constantly solving problems, you know, and that's how some people seem to, well, they would say that that's how they're made, but that's also another story, isn't it? Well, that's just how I'm built. I, I hear that a lot. Like, well, I can't help it. That's just how I was born. I'm just, I'm just always thinking and I'm always problem solving and I just can't help it. If you're dedicated to that, I, yeah, I would say that you're going to have a real hard time with this because you it's because all it comes all down to your relationship with your stories. If you are unwilling to drop the story that you're presented with in the moment, you'll never wake up to them in the dream state either. It does take a lot of work to get past that. That that's it's what we were, you know, we've been very much brainwashed since birth that that is that we should be dedicated to our stories. We should be you know, we are the heroes of our stories and we should be winning life. <laughs> so, yeah, but even just look, looking at dreams, period, you know, forget lucid dream, just dreaming in general. How many people just say, oh, they don't mean anything. They're just, you know, brain, brain electricity and don't mean anything and, and refuse sure. to see that there's a whole other world out there that, you know, it is theirs for the taking if they want it. But you're saying that if you are willing to you know, drop your stories and, yes. and you are very interested in it, is this something that you can develop? Anyone can, because the, the reality is, is that the, the truth is, is that I don't think anyone, there is no physical thing that's, that's locking any, any of us to our stories. There is no like, you know, it's not like some person's brain is just wired in a certain way. I would say that everyone's consciousness is already free from all of the activity of the mind. We, we are the ones that continually make that connection between our awareness and what's going on with our internal dialogue. We are the ones that continually keep making that connection. So it's not about effort as much as it's about stop. It, it's kind of what, what Yoda says in, in the Star Wars movies. You have to unlearn what you have learned. And so there's the effort. So it's not the kind of effort that you would normally think of, like, I have to pick up a new technique. I have to pick up a new skill. You know, it's, it's more that I have to drop some of the, the habits that I've been running through my entire life. And that's, that can be tough for people because we, we cling to a lot of these and a lot of it comes down to, it comes down to control. That's really what it is. There's a reason the mind loves a narrative. A narrative is a, it's like when you tell the story of what you did today, if I asked you, so what did you do today? And you say, well, I got up in the morning and I, you know, I took a shower and then I made breakfast and da, da, da. you are leaving out billions of pieces of information. You are isolating you see what I'm saying? You are, you are narrating and isolating and editing all kinds of information out so that you have this nice linear streamlined version of reality. So that's control right there. That's how the brain keeps everything in control. And so some people are dedicated to that control. We, we abhor chaos. We abhor chaos so that we are constantly looking for an isolated, edited version of our reality instead, right? So, so it, much, of the, so much of the work is going to come down to releasing that and to to being comfortable with uh, a little bit more comfortable with chaos <laughs> you might say you've already talked about using your hands in the daytime to be able to see them at night program yourself to understand you know lucid dreaming and and you know you talk about letting go of our stories and everything 
any other advice you have for people who are really saying, I want to learn how to lucid dream? If you can get to that point. So if I would say that if you can get to that point where you can send that signal to yourself, like I should look at my hand. I mean, it's such a simple signal. If you can do that in a dream state, you have, you have jumped over the, the first giant hurdle. The next trick after that is not to start wrapping another story around that because many people are like, okay, so now what? Now I want, a, I want another narrative. I want another story. The, the trick at that point is to learn how to refocus yourself because you have to realign your attention to that dream state. So when I do this in a dream state, once my hand shape shifts, what I will do then is I kind of have to realign my attention to the dream world then. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll go back and forth from hand to hand, or if there's other objects around me, it's like, sometimes you'll wake up in a dream and, you know, the environment that you have, you, you know, the dream that you've been playing out, that environment might still be around you when you wake up, when you become lucid. So, you know, if you've, if you're on planet X, you know, planet X may still be there. So you may be able to look at, look around, hold your, you know, start holding your attention to something once it starts to shapeshift and you'll, you'll sense it that you'll lose focus of the, uh, the items around you. Then you immediately move your attention to something else. Like I'll move my attention then back to my hand and go, okay. And just try to hold your attention for a while. And then uh, once my hand starts to shapeshift again, then you move it again to something else. And each time you move your attention, you'll feel this internal it's like you're focusing your attention like a laser beam in, in so many ways. You are retraining yourself how to focus in the dream world. So the more that you do this, it's like you are learning how to stay in this world so that it's, it's a cohesive environment. And so with a little bit of practice, with a little bit of doing these tricks, with looking at objects, holding your attention to them, you know, letting them shapeshift and then moving your attention to something else, Little, it's like it's like muscle training a little bit. It's like weight training, I suppose, in some ways. That you know, you get a little bit of training with this, and then you'll find that you can stay in these states longer and longer. I happen to be very adapted to this, so I jumped into this, you know, head first immediately, and within a few months of when this kicked in, I was in these, I would, I was able to stay in these states for sometimes hours at a time in fully realized states where I could go explore and go, you know, interact with, you know, other, you know, other characters in it and try to figure out, well, what's going on? Is this a, is this another aspect of my subconscious? Well, let's go talk to, let's go talk to them. Let's see what's going on. What, what else can I do? Can I manifest, you know, can I, can I manifest whatever I want? You know, you, you can start playing in that world, but you've got to get your feet. You know, you got to get the ground underneath your feet first with uh, with your attention. Yes. Take steps. Well, yes. you're going to taking you into the area of astral projection. So where yeah. do you go? Where do I go? Yes. That's such, it's a, it's another tough thing. When you go into the dream state, it's kind of like your, like I said, your consciousness is free at that point. And the more that I got into these practices, again, I will say that, yes, I started finding that the places that I was visiting were actually real places in my daily life. And I was able to confirm it later after I woke up, right? 
And that freaked me out a lot because I started being able to go visit friends and family who in some cases were hundreds of miles away. And this was happening for me at first, very spontaneously. Like, oh, I just, maybe I had a connection to my mother. So I wanted to go see what my mom was doing or see what my girlfriend was doing or something like that. And I could just kind of observe for a while what they were doing. And I found later after enough questioning of friends and family later, I, I found that this was accurate. I was actually viewing precisely what was going on. Now, what the implications of are that, you know, I can't, I can't tell you exactly. I don't really know what the full implications of all of that are, but I will say that it, it, to me, it says that our consciousness is non-localized. Our consciousness of only appears to be localized somewhere behind our eyes because we have a story that, that, that speaks to that. And once we drop that story, and we pull our body out of the picture, which is what's going on in lucid dreaming, our body's asleep. And some people can do this in meditation. And then of course this happens to some people when they're in near death, we call it a near death experience when their body's in a coma or something like that. So that's why you get all these stories of people going, well, I feel like I left my body. Well, because your consciousness had nothing left to hold on to. It was, it was, it's a non-localized phenomenon all the time. So, so then it comes down to intention. When I go into this, into these states, I can, if I can get back in touch with my body, your body is in what's called sleep paralysis. So that can be very freaky to people when to become conscious of your body in sleep paralysis. Have If anyone's ever experienced this, this can be very scary actually, because you become conscious that you're kind of, you feel locked in a box, so to speak. And some people have, have visions, even hypnagogic visions where they are, you know, being crushed by something or something, some evil entity is, is, is kind of holding them down or, you know, you know, our mind whips up all these terrible, frightening scenarios. It's simply that it's a little frightening to realize, oh, I'm conscious, but yet my body is kind of like in this completely passed out state. So at that point, I could then move. I could like pull. It's like I was peeling myself out of my body. And it's a very strange thing. You can actually feel this sort of electrical discharge of, of moving away from your body. And uh, then you can just, and so what I would do from that point, I could just kind of move out of my body consciously and I could even see my body asleep and I could then go from there. And then it just takes intention again. Like, well, what do you want? What do you, where do you want to go? The world is your oyster at that point. Your only limits really are your imagination. Do you want to go into space? Do you want to go into an alternate dimension? You want to go and see what friends and family are doing? You know, what, whatever you want to go at that point. Oh, that's great. Well, Ed, this time has flown by. So my final question is, how can people find out more about you and your work? Uh, my first book was Tripping the Field. That was, that was, it's a sci-fi occult adventure novel where I took all of these ideas and I put it into a fictional novel that's just this adventure that's just wild, wacky adventure that spans the globe. So if you like fiction, you know, go pick that up. It's a, it's a fun ride, but it also teaches you, the book teaches you along the way how these principles of consciousness work. And then my next book uh, is called Migration, which is is nonfiction. It's much more direct, uh, where I'm much more speaking to my audience. So there's that. Um, and if you just want to find me on YouTube, I'm doing a whole series, of just talks, where I'm trying to visually illustrate a lot of these abstract ideas with a combination of talking and and you know computer graphics and whatnot, where I'm trying to explain this this information on on uh, in these videos. So. Whatever works for you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being Thank you, on Debbie. Power Radio today.
Thank you. We've been speaking with lucid dreaming expert Ian Jaded. I hope you enjoyed today's program. And if you have, please tell all your friends, subscribe, and drop a positive review on your podcast site. Until next time, this is Debbie Spector Weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody. You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector Weissman. For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.